0: Hey loves! Welcome to the Soulful Self-Care Sessions. I'm Pleasance, your host for this sometimes magical, sometimes science sometimes super woo podcast. My intention is to create a supportive, loving home for your soul. Together, let's explore the ancient wisdom teachings of yoga, Ayurveda, and Eastern philosophy right alongside modern science, well-being, and lifestyle design. Here, we live into the questions, and we don't pretend to have all the answers. I deeply appreciate your support, and I really hope that this inspires you to have more joy and ease every single sacred day. Hey, it's Pleasant here, and today I want to talk about shape-shifting. So this word has come up a lot, um, in stuff that I've read and um, talking with other creative entrepreneurial women, but I was curious about um, talking about it today. And I want to use this um, definition just to bring us all on the same page. So in mythology, shape-shifting is the ability of a being or a creature to completely transform its physical form or shape. This is usually achieved through an inherent ability of the mythological creature, divine intervention, or the use of magic. And so I was thinking about this, this shape-shifting idea in terms of our lives. And the part that I love is the transformation by way of magic and divine intervention. And so um, I want to talk about these different stages and decades of my life. One of the questions that I get a lot is, you know, how did you turn from a classroom teacher, uh, sort of a kindergarten classroom teacher, to an administrator at a school, to yoga studio owner, to um, wellness and lifestyle coach, to you know, like these evolving identities, and I. Don't think I realized how unusual that was until I started talking more with people and looking at their careers and looking at their lives and they would say, oh yeah, I've been at the same place or interested in the same thing. Now, you know, for a long time, I think part of shape-shifting is being multi-passionate and pursuing and taking risks in new areas because of following This is where the divine intervention and the magic part comes up for me because I think it's about listening to intuition and following divine intervention um, or letting that come and then when it comes, being strong and brave enough really um, to not let it, to not hold you back. So let me be more specific. In my 20s, I spent that entire decade working in the schools. Right. I was a classroom teacher, very involved with local politics, very involved with local community organizations and very involved with making change for teachers and students and schools. That was like really what I was spending all my time doing. Um, I fell in love with yoga in my twenties as a way to support my teaching career and really help process the trauma and the um, stress and the stimulation that the switching in um, that was happening in my body every day. Um, and I turned to my yoga practice to help me, um, especially because I actually had debilitating. I was hospitalized in my twenties for. Um, my hips because I couldn't walk. I was in severe pain. This is actually why I turned to yoga um, because I was in excruciating pain and I needed to do something physical that wasn't going to have me be in pain the way going to the gym was. So I count, came to yoga because of uh, hip injury and hip pain. Um, they did tell me that they didn't see, you know, in the in when I was at the ER and I could bear I could not walk and I fainted from the pain, they said, Oh, there's nothing wrong. It took months and months and months of a variety of doctors and frustration and pain to find my way to someone who talked to me about uh piriformis syndrome, which is um what I eventually came to kind of identify as as having, regardless of that. I also know that the physical body holds the stress and trauma um, that we experience in the external body. And I had had a lot of stress and trauma. And in Eastern philosophy, the hips are where a lot of emotion is stored um, and there's a lot of kind of baggage there. So, um... To me, looking back now and reflecting on it, it makes a lot of sense. The first year I started teaching in DCPS was the first year that my hip pain started and I couldn't walk. And I think that that had a lot to do with experiencing and internalizing all of the pain and trauma and suffering of my students on top of my own personal experience. So My 20s were dedicated to really these two passions, right? Behind the scenes, uh, practicing yoga, falling in love with yoga, going six days a week, seven days a week, as often as I could, all kinds of yoga. But by day, I was very committed to my career in education and was very passionate about urban education, specifically In black neighborhoods and specifically eventually became specifically about boys and I became obsessed with boys education which you hear me talk about a little bit in the last episode Um, but divine intervention and trauma is why I left we had a shooting at the school and um that I was an administrator at, and it was too much. It was too, stress- too stressful. I was 28, and I was, the only, um, was, I was the only white person on staff, and I felt um, isolated and lonely and super scared. And I had never felt that way in those previous eight years. I had really just been focused on the students and the work. And something changed the day of the shooting and I got really scared and my life started to kind of fall apart. Um, I gave my notice uh, about a week later that I wasn't going to continue and I left and I was really, really, really sad and I was heartbroken and I felt like I had no idea what was going to be next and what my purpose was going to be and what on earth I was going to do with my life. And nobody, you know, there was a few people in my family who understood it, and there was a few people in my family who did not. My husband, Mel, um, was extremely supportive, as he always is and always has been, and just tells me, go do what makes you happy and um, find your way. And he has so much trust in me and confidence in me that I did not have, especially at that time. Um, The year of the shooting, I had been researching PhD programs in urban education, And looking at some superintendent programs, as well as leadership programs, uh, just trying to really figure out what was going to be next in my education career. And after the shooting, walking away from the school that I had been a founding board member of and then a founding administrator of, um, it was very painful. It was very painful. And... The transition then into the yoga world came shortly after because here we, as I'm moving into my thirties, um, I become pregnant with my daughter shortly after I leave the charter school system and the pregnancy with sailor was the most magical, beautiful, uh, just amazing experience. And this is where in that shape shifting, this is a real turning point for me because, um, I started to feel so I'd been doing yoga for eight, nine, ten years at this point, and I really started to feel the healing happening at the cellular level. I felt whole, I felt beautiful, I felt connected, and these were things that were not normal to me. I started being nicer to myself mentally and physically. And the things that I used to kind of abuse myself for, I started to fall in love with. And I developed on my yoga mat this really deep personal relationship with myself. And then having Sailor in my body was just like icing on top. Like being pregnant with her, I felt amazing and I felt really free of the stress and strain that I had felt in my education career that I actually did not know was that stressful until I left. I did not realize how uh, much it was impacting my energy and my sort of chip on my shoulder and my attitude towards other people. And I was drinking and smoking a lot. And I was just really, I loved yoga. And I also was having um some the the way that the stress was manifesting in the body was definitely in my relationships definitely i was very hard to be around um not professionally but personally um and as I fell more in love with yoga and started that path with the pregnancy, that's when all of the ideas for little Om were born when I was pregnant with sailor and uh, you know, just felt so good to flow into this. Let's create a yoga center. And so my thirties were all about little Om, all about little Om yoga, all around creating yoga centers, I learned so much about business. I read all these business books and took all these courses and hired all these coaches and consultants. I basically spent all of my profits from little Ohm on my own education and learning around business, creative entrepreneurship, running yoga studios, being a mompreneur and balancing my time with the studio time. And I just loved it. I mean, it was amazing. It was so it was so community oriented it was so challenging, it was so beautiful, it was so vibrant. The work that we did at little Olm, the students of connections oh I just it was such a really beautiful time and Again, when we're talking about shape-shifting, my entire skill set... So I was kind of like building on it, right? Like in the classroom and in the school setting, I was building with the um, yoga studio on the skills that I already have around classroom management, around transitions, around curriculum development, like these pieces that I did in the school. um, Then I kind of took that and then I put all these layers of business... And uh, running a yoga studio on top of what I knew about schools and running schools. So that was really cool. In some ways it was different and in some ways it was really similar. But for someone like me who always has to be learning and growing and learning and growing and expanding, it was awesome to just go all in for that. So... Then here comes divine intervention again, right? So this new landlord comes after we've had multiple studios and we've run this conference and there's just so many students and good high vibes. It was just awesome. And this, you know, owner comes and basically says like, we're going to double the rent. You're going to have to pay the taxes in the building. You're going to have to fix all the windows and the doors and I just knew it was like, I really truly believe everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. And this was the end. It was like, I can't do it. It It's like it had had its arc. It had had its, it, this wonderful time. And then it came down and it was like, no, I think... Things are different now in all ways, right? Like my kids were older and I didn't want to work seven days a week anymore. And I also saw the yoga industry was totally turning on itself and was so full of scarcity mentality and the yoga industry and the studio model is just not working um, the way that it had, at least in my experience. And I'd gone to conferences and again, spent all this money on trying to understand and make a really good decision and at the end of the day I sat at my kitchen table and looked at Mel and I said you know I think we're done like I just can't continue this um and that was really painful and really messy and really hard and there was a lot of tears and a lot of wine and a lot of sadness and Shedding this identity that I had built for myself yet again, right? Like now after the studio close and I decide to close the studio, I realize, oh man, this is what I do. I open things, I start them, I give them a lot of love and juice, and then I close it. I, I start things, at beginning, middle, end, beginning, middle, end. And that's when I really started thinking of this next chapter of my 40s paying attention to the shape-shifting, paying attention that these magical divine interventions come in our life and teach us things, and that as a living being, this is a really important part of my creative energy and creative flow and actually has influenced all of my other practices. I mean, it's just such a big part, this, this expanding and contracting. And so I made some notes around, like, what are the outcomes of the shape-shifting? Like, if I think of the 20s as education and I think of the 30s as Little ohm Studio and the 40s as just, like, a big question mark right now, I have, um, like, three or four sort of charts and lists and creative visuals in my um planning notebook that maps out all these dreams that I have. Like I don't know what's around the corner. I'm pursuing a bunch of different interests and I'm reaching out to people and I'm really just paying attention to what's the next thing that feels good and yummy and and how to map that out in a way that continues to follow flow because I do the outcomes of the shape-shifting is that, number one, I really trust myself, is that even when I'm in a in a state or um, texting my friend Anna or Meg or Mare, who have all been on the podcast, are going to be like, help, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, even in those states, like, there's a deep trust that it's all going to unfold. It is all going to happen just as it is meant to, that I am not actually in control of what the 40s are going to look like, but that I can be an active participant and I can have inspired action, right? Inspired action. So these outcomes of the shape-shifting are around the trust, following inspired action, Um, moving towards clarity builds and gives me confidence. So when I feel Um, uh, like a divine intervention or magic, or I get a a word comes in in meditation. So divinity came up in meditation recently, and I'm like, hmm, I want to pursue that. I want to think about what does that mean? So I find that this this creativity and the clarity and the confidence all kind of circle one another. I also know that through this process of shape-shifting, My relationships have grown so deep and so real and so loving. And one of the reasons I think why is because through this taking risks and letting go of things and moving more towards my wholeness and my true nature and my dharma is that I'm in a better place to let other people live their lives. Like, I'm not so involved in terms of they're making the right decision or they're making a bad decision. Like, all this judgment that I used to have about everybody, I don't have it anymore. I don't know what's best for these people I love. I just know... I have to listen to my heart. And when I do that, I have space and love for them in ways that I'm telling you I did not have before. Um, And so these growing and deepening relationships is like the best part. It's really the best part. So more healing, more openness, and that really because I'm leaning in to this whole idea of Harmony and nature, Ayurveda and trusting nature is that I'm trusting myself and I'm learning how to do that because everybody, everybody uh, is human, which means we're growing, expanding. We are living things, living creatures and living things need new ideas in the water and the sun and this earth and the soil and we need to have these ebbs and flows and follow Our creative path. Now, it doesn't have to look like mine in terms of this being from work. It could be if you're playing guitar or if you're painting or if you're gardening or if you're journaling. Like, I just want to encourage everybody to really pause and reflect looking at your life and looking at your decades and your stages and thinking through, like, was there a theme there? And what was I learning about? What was I studying? What was I growing? You know, in what areas were was I growing? Were I growing? And then how on the other side of that, like, and maybe if you haven't, then it's time to kind of investigate from the inside out what feels like um, an area that you would want to have a little bit of shape-shifting. So I hope this is helpful in terms of you being able to see a part of me and you and our shared stories. Um, And I just think that... I'm very reflective turning 40 and moving into this next decade with those unknowns. Like right now, I show up every day for my clients, for my groups. I do this creative work. I write. I read. And right now, that feels awesome. Um, It feels good. And... I know that I'm someone who always is going to have projects and passions and be questioning everything um, and looking towards what's next. Even though I'm just in terms of right now, I think every day, what's now, what's now. But I also know my heart always yearns for what's next. It's just how I'm built and so I'm living in the questions. I am not giving you any answers for you. I am just clarifying what my creative entrepreneurial path and how I'm skilling up and I'm always learning new and interesting things. Right now I'm studying up a storm, all the neuroscience, all the Joe Dispenza work, all of the um, Ayurveda, I'm very interested around this intersection of Ayurveda law of attraction and alignment and abundance like how do these all play out especially from that Ayurvedic model how do we bring forward um, some of these really powerful teachings and not just for us but how do we do it where we're really that intentional about teaching our kids Some of this mind, all this mind work and how to work with our brain and how to work with how we're pre-wired. I mean, it's so awesome to have these tools. So if we can really combine Ayurveda, living with harmony in nature and understanding the three doshas and integrate it with what we know about neuroscience and the best practices of our mind, um, I feel very hopeful for our future. And very excited about being part of this work and learning more. (sighs) May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease.